Welcome to This Is Life. Hello, everybody. This, of course, is Sean Johnson, and uh, I pray that you guys have started December off well. I uh, hope all of you are out there just enjoying this time with friends and family and uh, school plays and Christmas shopping and crazy Cyber Monday, Black Friday, all the other things that happen around this time of year. Uh, but it's definitely all a blessing because, you know, it's all really just kind of culminating to not only just spending time with friends and family and coworkers and loved ones and all the things that happen this time of year. But it's also, of course, the time just to remember uh, that Jesus Christ did come to this earth to save us all from our own sin. And and to give us access to 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 the Father again, just like Adam had with the had 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 with God at the beginning of creation, uh, because of Jesus, now we can have that kind of relationship as well. And not only can we have that kind of relationship with the Father, but as we're developing a relationship with God and learning pure and perfect love, uh, we can give that pure and perfect love to our fellow brothers and sisters, and just be shining lights of examples of His goodness to this world, which is the whole purpose of being a Christian. You know, we're not called to to be the, the ones who are leading the division, we were called to be the ones leading the healing, and then they can, and and bringing people together and showing love and compassion when love and compassion doesn't seem that is can be found anywhere. And you know, I know that it's really easy to just just, just get really depressed when you're going online and golly, go to the to the doldrums of the of the comment sections of any YouTube video or Facebook post, or especially when it's talking about po politics or religion or any kind of controversial subject. And uh, man, you'll just see all sorts of people just just bickering and fighting and just causing division and pain. And I guess I just, it just it's just sickening. Uh, you know, a lot of people get upset because the ministry I work for uh, has a YouTube channel, uh, not this particular podcast. It's a ministry I do during the operations during the week, kind of my, my main source of income. And well, anyway, uh, the, we don't have comments on our page and it's not for any other reason. It's just that it's the distraction. It just people just seem to think that they are the only ones that have the right ideas and they have to argue their point or they come on to cause problems. And, you know, I just, I just don't, especially Christians, unfortunately, we just sometimes can really get caught up and, and just the, the I'm rights and you're wrongs and, all those other things. And guys, to me, there's just so much more to life than arguing. There's so much more to life than just, you know, seeing if we can one-up each other. Uh, the only thing we should be one-upping on each other is how who, who can love you more. Uh, you know, kind of like that game that maybe a lot of husbands and wives play. You know, I love you more. No, I love you more. No, I love you more. It's, yeah, seems a little sappy, but honestly, that really ought to be how we, especially as disciples of God and Christians, are living this world where we're continually trying to one-up each other on loving. You know, I, when I used to pastor a church, I would tell those who had a discipleship team, which basically was just a group of people who uh, wanted a little bit extra. They you know they they enjoyed coming to services on Sunday and and you know when we'd have uh, you know, other events, but they just wanted to dig deeper into God. And so we had what I called a discipleship team, and you know these are just people who just really wanted to you know have a, just a, spend some time worshiping or reading the Bible or studying or even we did a, a lot of evangelism and a lot of really good uh, things that we did in the community just to get the word of love of God out. And one of the things that I always mentioned, guys, because it was, again, a part of the church, and, and I said, you know, when we get a guest or a, a, a 
person here, it's my responsibility as the pastor to go and introduce myself and to welcome them to the church and to thank them for coming and, you know, to help answer their questions or make sure they find a seat or just, just overall making them feel welcome. I mean, that's a pastor's role and duty on Sunday mornings and as well as all the other things they got. But here's the problem is because I'm the pastor in a Sunday morning, I'm not always going to be there. Now, that's my objective and goal. If I see a new face come into the crowd, you know, to go and introduce myself and to make them feel welcome. But I couldn't always be there to do that when I needed to or wanted to. So what I told the discipleship team was, beat me to them. Be me to them. If you can, if you know, don't over, don't go, you know, clobbering them. Hey, welcome to the such and such church. We're glad you're here. Can I help you with anything? You take your coat. You want a snack? You want some coffee? You know, there's the restrooms if you want to go, if you need to go there or whatever. I mean, yeah, come on. I mean, just be nice, be cordial, be polite, answer some questions, just greet them and let them know that we appreciate them being here. And that goes a long way, you know, a lot of ways. Um, you know, I, I, we reason my wife and I once visited a church and as we're sitting in the audience, the, the pastor, the leader, whomever was lead, I think this church kind of had us this thing where they have a new elder would a different elder every week would, they would rotate who would do all the announcements and the offerings and all of that, that a pastor that would do the service. But as far as all the other things in the church, elders would just rotate, take turns. Well, this particular morning, this elder, he just he, he basically sat up there and said, all right, folks, now we got guests in here. And I don't want to hear that any of these guests didn't get, uh, you know, didn't get, didn't feel welcome. That you know, and this he's literally talking to the crowd, to the audience, to the church like this. He's saying, I don't want. And he was serious. He wasn't joking. He was literally making a statement saying, I don't want to hear any guest doesn't get greeted. And now I get what he's saying. But he could have said it a different way. He could have said like I did, beat me to them, you know, like it's my responsibility. But hey, if you can beat me to them and say hello and love them and welcome them, then then go for it. Well, of course, what do you think happened after service was over? My wife and I are new people. All of a sudden, we get crowded by people, you know, greeting us and thanking us for coming, which was great. I mean, it felt nice. But at the same time, one lady was like, I had to come over and say hello or else I'm going to get talking to him. I hope she was kidding. Now, I don't know if she was or not, but that just kind of goes to show it's like there's a, there has an attitude of, of love that you can have and welcoming. You don't have, but it's not a forceful thing. It's something that just should become naturally. Okay. Well, speaking of coming naturally, I want to talk today about something that doesn't come naturally, like a lot of our topics, but it's also a topic that I think gets confused in the Christian circles specifically. Uh, There's a problem where we can look at scriptures and we want to love and be so so much Christ-like that we actually end up doing it wrong. We kind of go, we kind of overstep our boundaries and, and and really not necessarily the boundaries but really just the 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 directions given to us by scripture and today i want to talk about a particular topic that um i think that everyone not only should know about but also hasn't really been taught correctly and i'm hoping today in the short amount of time that i have here just to share from the heart i'm going to have a lot of scriptures today just to preface that we're going to be reading a lot of scripture today but it's important that everyone knows the truth about forgiveness yes forgiveness is the topic today and the subtopic is you don't have to forgive everybody yeah okay i know some of you probably about tempted to turn off the podcast hold on hear me out you, when I say you don't have to forgive everybody, 
I think by the end of this conversation and the end of this topic, end of this episode, you understand what I'm saying. And hopefully you can go to scriptures yourself and see that there is truth to what I'm saying and how I'm saying it. All right. So let's first lay our groundwork about forgiveness. Okay. So we all have in our own mind what forgiveness is or what it's supposed to look like or how we're supposed to not only give it, but receive it. When we ask forgiveness of the Lord for our sins, for things that we do wrong, when we disobey against the Lord, you know, we come to him and we ask for forgiveness. Well, just like we go to the Lord to ask for forgiveness because we do things wrong against him. Um, we as human beings, especially as fallen creatures, uh, will end up hurting each other a whole lot. And, and even sometimes the people whom we love the most are, our spouses and our children, or maybe our parents, our siblings, the people whom we're closest to, those are going to be the people that unfortunately get the brunt of our um, behavior when we are acting out out of anger or out of uh, reaction or revenge or, you know, spite or, you know, argumentative. I mean, just those are going to be the people who generally we're going to have to really seek forgiveness from uh, the most. However, uh, sometimes uh, we have in this life that there's going to be circumstances and major problems and major uh, offenses that happen to us that uh, forgiveness doesn't come as easy. When you're, when you're a little, you know, son or daughter, um, you know, they... Uh, the, you to use the proverbial get their get their hand caught in a cookie jar, right? Uh, th and they say they're sorry for getting into the cookies when you ask them not to. You know, of course, they have a genuine remorse and they're sorry. You know, they won't do it again. You can forgive them. But what happens when somebody murders, you know, your son or daughter? Or what happens if you get, if somebody gets in a car wreck because they're drunk driving and they end up severely injuring your spouse or maybe worse, even death? Uh, I mean, what happens if somebody whom you're, you know, you, you, your spouse or brother or sister or somebody you're close to is hanging out with introduces them to drugs and now the person you love the most in the world is now addicted to methamphetamine or some something something like that what i'm saying is is that there's a lot larger issues that we're going to deal with in life where it's going to be a much more bigger struggle to forgive and that doesn't however get us off the hook uh but there's some guidelines that we have to really specifically look at to make sure that we're doing this whole forgiveness thing right let's kind of talk about the base. The base is that God does instruct us and tells us, us to forgive. In fact, if you go to Colossians chapter 3, starting with verse 12, it's 12 through 17. Okay, so listen to hear the scriptures out. Therefore, as God's chosen people, which is you and me, holy, dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Okay, that's that's who we're just like people can tell a lot about us, but our clothes that we're wearing every single day, you know, uh, people we, we you know, ought to be able to hear, see our spirits and who we are as people because we clothe ourselves. We actually put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Verse 13, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances ye may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, that, that particular scripture or that segment, forgive as the Lord forgave you. That is the basis for this entire episode, okay? We'll, we'll, we'll revisit that many times today. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. 
and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Admonish is another key word. We'll talk about that a little bit. Admonishment is crucial to true repentance and, and forgiveness. Admonish one another with all wisdom as you sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word, in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. All right, so we have a nice base here. Colossians 3, 12 through 17 has just told us that we have to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, patience, all of the all the things that we know that are the attributes of God and the mind of Christ, we put those things on and we live in, in that those are our, like our daily clothes, our spiritual uh, clothes that people can see even in the natural because they're so loud, because we're so desirous of people to know and understand and, and experience God's love through us. However, all of those things are going to be challenged because we do still live in this world that is a fallen world. We're still going to mess up our own selves. We're going to still fall into temptations. We're still going to have stumbling blocks. We're still going to have people do and say hurtful things towards us. And it's difficult to keep the clothing of compassion, kindness, humility, and gentleness and patience when you're being attacked in any way, shape, or form. And I get that. But that doesn't mean that it's any less important. In fact, we have to hold on to those things even tighter because our own salvation depends on it. Remember the Bible says, or the sermon of the Lord's Prayer, rather. What is what of the Lord's Prayer? It says, forgive our trespasses as what? As we forgive the trespasses of others. In other words, unless we seek forgiveness for, for and, and give forgiveness to other people, the Lord's not going to forgive us. So it's in our best interest to have an understanding of what forgiveness is because it's truly important and vital to the Lord forgiving us for our wrongdoings. All right, so let's go back to those uh, those five words that are very important. Forgive as Christ forgave you. Okay, forgive as Christ forgave you. So how does Christ forgive me? How does Christ forgive you? Well, Matthew 6, 14 says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Remember, we already talked about this, how this is vital. Forgiveness is vital to the forgiveness from God to us. Okay, so that makes sense. I understand that, Sean. I've known that since I was a little kid, since I've learned, you know, Jesus loves me. I understand that that I have to forgive others for God to forgive us. Okay, but what about those people who wrong us who don't ask for forgiveness? Well, does the Father forgive us if we don't, if, if we do not repent? So, in other words, if people are coming to us, are not rather, if people are not coming to us and asking us for forgiveness, but yet, are we still expected to forgive them? Well, again, we have to forgive, forgive them, forgive people, forgive those around us as Christ forgave us. First John 1.8, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Okay, so if we were to come to God and say, God's like, um, hey, I, um, why should I let you into my heaven? Well, I, hey, I'm, I, I don't sin. I've 
can't think of anything I've ever done wrong. I've never needed God to ask forgiveness for anything. I can't. I mean, our own president said that one time, right? He's like, I can't think of anything that I would need to ask God forgiveness for. Well, I mean, obviously, most people who especially have an understanding of God in their life, that's the first, that's like base step one. I am a fallen creature who needs God. And I have done wrong. I am a child of disobedience. I have caused sin. I have caused hurt not only to God, to myself, but to others. So I it, I have to seek and ask for forgiveness in order for me to be made whole. But if we claim to be without sin, the Bible says, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So anybody who says they don't sin, the truth is not in them. If we confess our sins, in verse 9, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So what's the caveat? What's the key to forgiveness? Confession of sins. You cannot have forgiveness unless you have a confession of sins. Okay, God just doesn't forgive everybody regardless. You know, it's just a clean slate for everybody. Everybody's forgiven. You know, no matter if you come to me and ask for forgiveness or not, there's no scriptural precedent for that. There is scriptural precedent all over scriptures, and many I'm not even going to mention today just because I don't want to have enough time because there's so many. But the, the caveat for forgiveness is always confession, always repentance, always seeking out forgiveness. That's how you, that's how you, so, so how are we going to turn this around to towards others whom we need to forgive or whom we feel that need that we need to forgive. If we do not have, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a bold statement here, but listen to me. I believe, I believe, I believe this to be correct. I, I, according to scripture, because if, again, forgive as Christ forgives us. If there is not a genuine seeking of forgiveness and repentance and a confession, we're not obligated to forgive them because there's nothing to forgive. Now, Sean, what about people who say, you know, it'll, it'll carry, you'll carry and you'll have your bitterness. Well, I will talk about that towards here in a little bit. I, I'll give you uh, ways that you can cope with hurt that is unforgiven, but that doesn't mean that we can that we can, that we just forgive people for everything for no purpose at all other than we just to feel better it truly undermines the value and the sacred act of what forgiveness truly means so luke 17:3 says so watch yourselves if your brother sins rebuke which are admonished which means strongly warn and if he repents forgive him it's our responsibility to seek the If someone comes to us and hurt us, lied to us, um, did so. I don't, I don't. I don't care if it's little or big. Did something that truly affected us in a negative way to where we're now anxious to respond in some way, whether it be out of revenge or out of forgiveness. But we have to respond because they did something against us in some way. The first thing we have to do is watch yourself. Watch yourself, and if your brother sins, if somebody comes against you and sins, you go to that person and you let them know, hey, you hurt me, you did this. And you give them an opportunity 
to seek for to seek repentance to to confess their sins to you and if he repents forgive him okay and even if he sins verse 4 against you seven times in a day that's a lot someone comes and sins against you seven times in a day and seven times comes back to you and says i repent forgive him friends this is it. They have, there has to be a confession and a repentance in order for forgiveness to take place. There is no such thing as a blanket all forgiveness when the other person has not come to you to ask for it. It just, it just, there's nothing there to, to forgive because there's no offense that is, there's no, there's no, there's no bridge that has been, has been brought together between you and the person. All it is is just you feeling like you're letting go of something that really is not solved. It may never be. There are definitely some people who will never confess. Again, just like we said, if they claim to be without sin, they deceive themselves and the truth is not in them. You can't expect somebody who really truly believes, believes they didn't actually do any pain or suffering or cause any harm or worse, they just don't care. There's no expectation of that person to ever confess or to repent. So therefore, why are we holding on to it? Just because you don't forgive them doesn't mean that you hold on to it. See, do, it's important that we... Okay, well, let me, we'll get here in a second. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Ephesians 4.31 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Okay, if there's any ill will towards another person, get rid of it. Okay. Get, get just move it out of your heart and your spirit. I mean, consciously every single day, I, I understand, you know, some of you guys listening, you probably have somebody, maybe even at your work, maybe a boss or coworker, or that just does things or says things that just really get under your skin. You know, and I've been there before, but Hey, God is great, and he, and he will, you know, uh, give you grace to be able to have patience with those things. But at the same time, you know, what are you doing at the other side of it to to or to gain a brother or sister, to maybe find ways to, you know, like we said last week about not being anxious or being worries, but just if there be any praise, if there be any virtue, find something with that person that you like and hold on to that. That, that way that the things you don't like aren't as loud. Verse 32, Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, comma, just as Christ God forgave you. Again, there's that wording again. We're to forgive others as Christ forgives us. Do not bring up old sins that are repentant of and forgiven. This is important. Okay, when, 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 when we are faced with sins that are really hurtful that really go deep in us. And that person does come to us and truly says, I am sorry. I mean, they have a repentant heart. They're broken. Maybe maybe they're crying. I mean, they're just broken before you and you make the bold statement of forgiveness and you hug and you build, build that brother up or that sister up. And you really try and build that bridge together with them. Leave it there. Water under a bridge. All right? You have to understand that uh, when you're forgiving others as Christ forgave you, uh, hey, how, how does, uh, does does Christ bring up past sins when, you know, and, and does he 
you know, remind you of things that you have already been asked that he's, that you've already asked forgiveness for. I don't think so. No, he says for Hebrews 10, 17 says their sins and the lawless acts. I will remember no more. And where there's been forgiveness, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. Of Psalms 103.11, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, in other words, an innumerable amount. I mean, think about that, east from the west, right? That's a, Because we're on a globe, that's a never-ending cycle. I mean, as far away from each other as possible, so far as he removed our transgression from us. So forgiveness means don't bring it up anymore. If it's forgiven, it is forgiven. Now, forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting, but forgiveness does mean that you let go of the pain that that incident caused you. There's a real big difference here. I'm not saying that all of a sudden there's going to be some sort of men in black, noisy cricket thing where you're just going to bloop, forget all of the past transgressions. It's all going to be gone out of your memory forever. No. It's actually going to be harder than that. It's going to be you are going to have to make the choice to not bring it up anymore. That's a part, that's your burden to bear. Their burden was to come to you and say, I have done wrong. I need your forgiveness, please. I beg of you for your forgiveness. I, I am broken here. That's their burden. Your burden is to not only forgive, but to forgive sincerely and to let it go. Now, how do we then, therefore, because, again, we are in this world where we're going to be surrounded by people who hurt us and who we're going to hurt other people. I believe that in order to make it easy in ourselves to let forgiveness be something that is a part of our daily lives is that we have to make it easy for people to want to seek forgiveness from us. What do I mean by that? Well, Let's go, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5. Because here's the thing, is, is that love and compassion, and again, that's a continual theme in, in, the, in this show, is, but it has to be because it's the continual theme of, of Jesus, is love and compassion, right? Um, 2 Corinthians 2, 5. If anyone has caused grief, he has not so much grieved me, this is Paul talking here, uh, the, the author, as he has grieved all of you, to some extent, not to put it too severely. In other words, if, if anybody hurts one of us in the body, he hurts all of us. But the punishment inflicted on him by the majority is sufficient for him. In other words, generally, and now some people are just not like this, but most people, especially if they are somebody who loves you and cares for you and wants to have a good relationship with you, that they're going to feel pain when they wrong you. Just like when we, when we, especially if we, those of us who love God, when we know we're disobedient and we know that we hurt God, or we know we did something against him that was contrary to his best for us, there's a pain there. There's a brokenness. At least there should be. And that's what this is saying, is that the punishment of just knowing that you hurt somebody whom you loved is, is just over, can be really overwhelming. Now, instead, verse 7, you ought to forgive and comfort him. Don't just let him sit there and him or her wallow in, the, in, in this punishment of, of sorrow of the thing that they did, but go and forgive and comfort them so that he will not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. I urge you, therefore, to reaffirm your love for them. That's what, this is, that's what I'm talking about. Think about that. And I'm not just talking about just our friends and family and loved ones and people whom we're around. 
But I believe that just like we talked about in Colossians 3, that we can clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. In other words, we can have those, they can be just as apparent on us as our clothes that are on our body. That there's just something about you or I as we're going through this world that people just are automatically drawn to feel bad for when they hurt us. Because there's the love of God is in your heart so much for them that they in turn feel awful for hurting somebody who was so loving. And therefore they are just urged to come and seek repentance and to confess their sins. And because they know that they hurt somebody who was very special to this world and who has the love of God in them. And they may not even know what the love of God even is. Do you kind of get my point here? Romans 12, 17 through 21. Some of my most, we're going to close on this. These are my most favorite verses. I mean, almost all the scripture. These are just really powerful and they're absolutely words to live by. This is how you become that kind of person. Imagine if, think about that for a moment, guys. Can you imagine walking around this world and just the love of God is so powerful in us that even strangers who do something harmful or inadvertently or advertently, right, on purpose or or not on purpose, they do something to hurt us, they're just naturally drawn, even beyond their own personality, to seek forgiveness because they feel bad for hurting you just because you carry the love of God so old so powerfully within you man that's the kind of christians i'm talking about man i would love to be the the for christians to have the reputation of just love and compassion and where people even people who don't have a natural nag for forgiveness just are compelled to want to seek forgiveness and i just i don't know it's a maybe it's a pipe dream but it just to me that just be the, that'd be the greatest thing ever if we could go and live like that and that's how jesus lived that's how he when he walked and people were around him i mean they Shoes. I mean, his disciples especially, like, no, we will not hurt you. We can't. It's not in us. We don't want to do anything that's going to cause you harm or suffering. Anyway, Romans 12, 17. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. Verse 18. If it be possible, as much as it lieth in you, live peaceably with everyone. If it be possible, as much as the life, then you live peaceably with everyone. That right there is very key. I mean, think about that. Every single person on this earth, think about the worst person that you've ever met. The person that just maybe drives you the most crazy. Maybe somebody who really hurt you in some way. Maybe somebody who's attacked you or your family. Every single person, we are instructed to, as much as it's possible, as much as it is deep inside of us, to find a way to live peaceably with them. This is how you do it. Verse 19. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. Okay, so this goes back, this goes to the people whom don't seek forgiveness, who don't ask you and can to, don't come to you to confess their sins. That's not your burden to bear. You can go to the Lord. You have the heart of forgiveness. You're ready to forgive them. They aren't coming to you. They're not going to the Lord. They're not doing anything with it. They're just keeping it in their own selves. That's not a time for you to avenge yourself. It's not a time for you to avenge the wrongs that have been done against you. All that's going to do is cause more trouble, pain, and suffering and harm. What it is a time to do, though, is to give it to God. 
Literally, give it to God. If they're not going to seek forgiveness, that doesn't mean you just blanket forgive them just to make yourself feel better. But what you do is you just give it to the Lord. Okay, so that's 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 the that's the alternative, and that doesn't take away the sacred act of, of forgiveness. It's just you giving it to the Lord and your burdens that are uh, that that are not remedied the way that they should have been in the first place. It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Verse 20, on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. In other words, you will get his attention. Okay. If, if your enemy is coming to you and is in need, um, don't hesitate to Fill it to find a way to show God's love and compassion upon even your enemies. Because that, my friends, is what's going to, again, make you the person whom they are most likely to come to when they need to seek repentance and forgiveness. You make it easy on them to want to ask for forgiveness. We ought to be doing that. We ought to live this life so much so that people are naturally drawn. We are easy to come and ask for repentance for. I mean, like God is so loving, that's why we go to him. We have no questions about whether or not God's going to forgive us. Why do, we have, why do people have questions of whether or not we're going to forgive them? Verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's, 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 that's the whole idea, guys, that we, uh, there's a lot of evil in this world. There's the, it, it's all over. I mean, <laughs> It doesn't take much to, to find. If you want to find evil, take about 10 steps outside your front door. I get it. But we ought not to be partakers or even contributors to the evil. We're the ones who are the, have, the, have, the, have the answer. Jesus Christ is the answer, the author, the finisher, the beginning, the end. He's everything. Who, he is the one who can restore and, and build bridges amongst people and entities and, and, and countries that there is no bridge to be found. But he does it through you and me. And he does it through his, his disciples of God, people who are willing to say, I'm willing to put my flesh and my desires and my vengeance aside and just give it to the Lord and let him be my guide and let him be the, my strength. And I'm going to ask for his love to be upon me so that people can come to me and seek the love of God that is inside of me. That's how we're going to be truly evangelists. If we want to be evangelists, we do his we do what God has asked us to do, and that's to love the love the unlovable, forgive the unforgivable, and just really make it an, an effort to go there for into all the world and preach the gospel. Okay, well, I hope that today's been a blessing to you. If you haven't already, head over to uh, iTunes. People ask me, I want to review your page, but I don't necessarily know how. Well, generally, if you're listening to me on any other thing but like but iTunes, like if you're listening to it on one of the uh, iPod or the podcast apps or on Google Play or on Spotify, there's not really a place to you can leave a review. But if you're able to just Google This Is Life with Sean Johnson podcast, iTunes podcast, This Is Life with Sean Johnson, you'll find the page for the show and just scroll all the way to the bottom past all the episodes and you'll see a place there that you can leave uh, reviews and also leave stars. And that really means a lot. I really, really appreciate it. That's how you can really help the show the most is by just 
letting people know that you like the show and you share it and share it on your Facebook page or, you know, let people know that, that this is here. I, I We're going to have some interviews coming up here in the next couple of weeks that I'm really excited about. Uh, I, I know that uh, those are really what people want to hear more than me preaching, and I get it. I, I'd much rather be talking with somebody here myself. Uh, those are the episodes I love the most as well. So we got some of those coming up. It's going to be a good time. Uh, we're looking at the end of the decade, right? This is the last month of the decade, this December. So uh, whatever you got to do, make sure you go out there, give it to the Lord, do it with all your heart, do it with all your might, do it as unto the Lord, and you will be blessed. Until next time, God bless you guys. Aloha and mahalo. Thank you.